0: You're listening to The Pillar Podcast, a podcast for the body of Christ at Pillar Church. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Podcast. You know, we've got some folks with some pretty incredible stories here at Pillar Dumfries. We hope to highlight a lot more of these in future episodes and seasons. Today we're going to start with Brandon Evans, the impact his faith has had on his life, and how it's led him down a path he didn't quite expect. As you listen to Brandon, think about how God has worked directly through adversity you've experienced in your own life, and how on those days of adversity, as the psalmist said, he hid you under the cover of his tent and set you high on a rock.
1: All right, welcome to another episode of The podcast, a podcast for the body at Pillar Church. And uh today I have Brandon Evans with me. Hello. So good to have you here Brandon.
2: Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, we really
1: appreciate- really looking forward to to jumping into your story and and helping people get to know you better. Um the uh some things I know about Brandon already. If you've kind of been around Pillar, you you've seen him. You know, he uh for the last two or three years, um a couple of years ago he came uh serving with the North American Mission Board. He was a uh, uh, servant in the city and pastor Clint met him. And eventually he came on staff with us. He worked for Clint kind of for a while. Uh, and at the same time was, uh, interning at the church, then shifted over to work for the church for a little while. And we really were just, he had, he feels called to ministry and we wanted to give time and space for him to grow into that calling and experiment and just kind of see the insides of church life. Eventually went back and finished his degree at Liberty. And, um, and got married and had a baby all during his time gone for about only a year and a half.
2: I left in Ten years, I guess. You were gone August of nineteen. We got married in May of twenty. And our baby was born March of 21. So it was very quick. turnaround. Yeah. fast changes in Brandon's life.
1: I can remember us praying for you in our life group. And man, back you went, you finished school. We prayed for that. You know, you got yeah. married, you started a family. I mean,
2: that was probably a muttered prayer that you guys did to say out <laughs> loud, but God heard it and answered it anyway. So thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and in the last few months, the Lord's brought you back uh here and we're excited to see kind of what God's gonna do with your with your future and what he's doing really in the present, which yeah. is was really exciting. Um at Man Down you shared your testimony with us and it was powerful. And uh and I think for for most people, even some that probably knew you um before then, it was the first kind of they heard some of your backstory. And so uh I thought it'd be good to just slow down a little bit and kind of go back into um, just take us through kind of how you came to know the Lord and yeah. just growing up and kind of get us started in that conversation.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I always preface my, saying my testimony by the theme is God is good. And uh, my life verse has been Jeremiah 29, 11, where I know the plans I have for you plans of prosper, give you a hope in the future. Hmm. And the reason that's been my verse is my granny always told me growing up, Brandon, God has a plan for you. I know that maybe you can't see it or you don't know right now, but he has a plan for you. Hmm. And, you know, I used to ask why, Green, why do you keep saying that? Yeah. Well, I was born at two pounds and five ounces. Um, yeah. I was in the NICU from April until November. And uh, during that time, I guess my dad had been arrested. Him and my mom weren't ever together, um, but he'd been arrested hmm. in November. So he was in prison for about a year and a half um, of my life when I was first getting out of the hospital and shortly after him coming home, uh, my mom had a daughter from her previous relationship, my sister, Brittany, and she was hit and killed by a truck. Uh, when Mm. she was, I believe nine, I was two. I don't really remember her, Mm. but that led my mom into coping with various, various ways, Mm. um, primarily through drugs. So when I was seven uh, my mom was hit and killed, I'm sorry. My mom died from, uh, cocaine abuse and an overdose. She went into a coma and just never came out of it. Obviously I didn't know that at the time. I just knew yeah. my mom had gotten sick. Yeah. And uh they just said, you know, she went on to be with God. Yeah. So throughout the time of living with her, um, she dropped me off at different babysitters' houses. And one of those, um one of those times the babysitter's brother had molested me. So eventually I had to go to court for all of that. Um, But this whole time, despite everything going on, my granny was looking over me, making sure I had somewhere to go. She was like, Brandon, God loves you. He has a plan for you. Mm -hmm. So we grew up going to church.
1: Did you live with your grandma a good amount of that time or she just was a active part of your life?
2: Because she was my mom's mom. She was always around. Uh, My aunt as well. They were always picking me up. I don't know if maybe they knew some of the stuff my mom was into. Um, Looking back, I don't know but they were always involved Nick and they was at their house or I had something to do to where I wasn't just stuck, um, all alone. Yeah. And during that time, um, when I, like I said, I was seven when she passed away. That's when I went up to before, before the church and gave my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I remember the pastor was like, you know, who's this young man belong to? And my granny walked down and they're like, Do you know what you're saying? So I did a new members class to understand what sacrifice in your life for the Lord is. And eventually, I got baptized through that church, um, and that's where my family went for a long time. Hmm. So that church the name was name of the church, Grafton Baptist Church. Okay. What was the pastor's name? You remember? His name was Reverend George R. Golson. He passed away a few hmm. years ago, but that was our family church. Like Thank that's God, where my mom is yeah. buried, my sister's buried, yeah. and that's the church that I grew up going to. And that's where at? Like where
1: where's that geographically?
2: Uh Yorktown, which is near North Newport News, Norfolk, Williamsburg, the yeah. Hampton Roads area, as we affectionately call it, the seven five seven. I was gonna say you're a seven five seven guy. Yes. All if right. you are from Virginia or have been around Virginia, you've probably heard that term. Yeah. It's the area code. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, after um after my mom passed away, I moved with my dad and his wife from about seven to fourteen. And during this time, my dad was physically and verbally abusive. He'd like pop me in the back of the head, grab me by the neck, never punched me or anything like that. And just cuss me out like all day mm-hmm. long. And I remember I just didn't understand how I was going to get through that. But yeah. I knew that God was with me despite all the things that was going on. And I was just trusting him. Yeah. Eventually they separated and I moved with my dad for a year. And during that year, he eventually lost, uh, lost the apartment we were in. So I needed somewhere to stay. And then mm. one of my teachers from high school where I grew up in Gloucester, Virginia, another small place you probably yeah. never heard of. Uh, he knew a family that took kids in every day now and then um, to give them somewhere to live. And mm. so I knew I wanted to go into the Marine Corps. So he talked to them and said, Hey, he's just got two years left of high school. Can he stay here till he finishes? My dad agreed to that. Mm. And that's who I call my family. Now I think it was the first time in my life where I felt genuine Christian love. I saw people living life as Christians. Whereas my dad and stepmom didn't necessarily live out what they church, said. It's just man. kind of you go to church on Sundays. But I remember one mom, one moment that I'll never forget, my mom, who I call my mom now, she gave me fifty dollars and said, Put this on your lunch books. And I was like, How much? She's like, All of it. <laughs> I was like, Uh, do you want a receipt? She's like, No, what are you talking about? Yeah. Just put it on there I love you. I'd never experienced that. Like that yeah. was really like you're like, money you like, you get to a fun. receipt. <laughs> <laughs> you need
1: to keep closer and yeah. on your money.
2: Yeah, because anytime my dad gave me money, say, like, hey, you put 10, you bring me back 40, whatever the case right. is. yeah. So for her to do that, it just, it like really blew my mind. And uh, I think- you put it, it all on the lunch? Yeah, lunch? yeah okay. I actually did, yeah. I I was trying to honor what she told me yeah, to do. because she gave you that trust. Right. Yeah. But wow. I remember when I moved in, they told me all these rules. Don't drink, don't cuss, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm like, man. These people are super Christian or something like yeah. that. But <laughs> eventually, like I said, um, that's where I go home to now when I'm you know, when, mm-hmm. when I'm not here in the area, um, for some reason I still have a room there. Yeah. But I'm the last one to leave the house. So yeah. I guess I get it. But that's yeah. where I go home to. Um after I graduated high school, went to the Marine Corps for four years. I was at Aviation Supply 6672, stationed down at Cherry Point. Uh, did a deployment from sixteen to seventeen. But before that deployment I felt the Lord calling me to ministry. I was taking a community college class. So
1: this is while you're in the Marine Corps, you start to have a sense like maybe
2: yeah, maybe the Lord wants me to do this. Like 2015, 2016. I was taking a community college class and it was about world religions and the professor was a pastor and I just felt clearly God saying, "I want you to tell your story for my glory." Mm. And I felt like Moses and I think it's Exodus 3 where he's like, "Ah, I'm a stutterer." Or I can't speak. And he's like, every excuse Moses gave God, God obviously countered back with, no, this is what's going to happen. So I felt like that was my wrestling with, I don't know what to do or how to pursue this. So I started to, you know, bargain from my perspective with God. Okay. There's a flyer on base. that says Liberty University, largest Christian school in America, because I was always in the education building. So I seen that and I was like, okay, well, I've heard of the school. I think I know some people that I've gotten there. Maybe yeah. I'll apply. If they can equip me to do ministry, yeah. then there's probably no yeah. hope. <laughs> so yeah. I applied. I was like, okay, well, God, I have to find somewhere to live. I don't know where Lynchburg is. Ironically, one of my brothers had just got a job on staff as a football coach at Liberty where he played. Wow. I didn't know any of this at the time. Um, so I, I went with him for a weekend, just staying with his family, fell in love with the campus, found a place to live. So I was like, all right, God, you know, uh, I guess I'll do this. So I got in the Marine Corps and started Liberty in twenty seventeen and then twenty eighteen. I did an internship with Nam that brought me up to Pillar DC and met Clint and I think I met Kobe once that entire summer. Yeah. But Clint was like, Hey man, I really think you should uh you should come on staff and let me help you grow in your role as a ministry. You can see what it's like in the day to day in the church. And just a side note the before I did that internship, all of the interns uh, through Nam had a, a conference that they spoke to us at. And they were talking about the sermon uh, or the, the Bible passage where the apostles are in a boat and Jesus is walking on water towards them. Hmm. And Peter gets out, obviously, and walks on the water towards Jesus. So the analogy the pastor gave us before we went out to the cities was no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, don't be afraid to get out of your boat. Your boat mm-hmm. could be comfort. It could be your family. It could be peace. It could be whatever you want it to be. But those 11 disciples didn't have an up close encounter with Jesus. If yeah. you want to, you need to get out of your boat and walk towards him. And I understand not if you fall under, but when Jesus' hand is there to pick you back up. Yeah. So that was like on my mind going into the summer. And yeah. you know, they're like, raise your hand if you want to get out of your boat. So I raised my <laughs> hand, you know, yeah, Woo! And then Clint talk, Clint comes and talks to me in like this coffee shop. He's like, yeah, you should come up here. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. felt clearly say, like, yeah, I've got an opportunity for you to get
1: out of the boat. And, uh. <laughs>
2: and I, at first I was like, no, I, DC is a cold place spiritually. Liberty Lynchburg. I'm comfortable there It's the South I have my own place. But the more I prayed about it, the more I clearly felt the Lord saying, no, this is where you need to be. Yeah. And looking back, it's still to this day, one of the best decisions I've made. So that's how I got involved with pillar. And uh, upon graduating this year I knew I wanted to come back here yeah. so the plan was to go to 29 palm for the summer and then figure out how to make an income so I could be a member in the area and God opened the door for me to get the job that I currently have and brought us back here
1: yeah um let's talk a little bit about that um that experience coming back you know um it, because I remember talking with you uh, you're kind of wrestling a lot you know lots of people are kind of presenting opportunities to you and you know there's when you're at a place like Liberty, they, there's lots of people saying, Hey, here's a way that we can you know, like get you plugged into ministry or the direction you can go. And, and, uh, and you were kind of wrestling through a lot of options. Yeah. And, um, you know, part of it was like not being sure how you were going to be able to logistically do it. Yeah. Do you remember the conversation we had, like about how to make that decision? Clinton, I talk about this a lot in terms of like making decisions, um, trying to discern first what the Lord wants and then trust what the Lord will do to provide. Yeah.
2: Essentially it's pray and seek the Lord and make your mind up about what you want to do for him essentially. So if you are full on, I'm set on doing ministry, then commit to that and he'll open doors for you essentially. Um, And I believe that's what happened. Like I decided I want to come work with pillar. I want to be in the DC area and I want to serve this church in some capacity. Yeah and put my foot down to that. And it was like, God, <laughs> I'm giving this to you. Cause I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. I was working at Lowe's. So we were thinking, I remember us yeah. talking like, Hey, you can transfer, transfer to the Lowe's right, up yeah, here right. and work there. But <laughs> I didn't want to do that at all. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, I've been doing this for a year and it's not really where I want to be. I have a degree in ministry. I want to do ministry. Um, but ironically through Lowe's, um, I met my current boss. He came in wearing our t-shirt, which is Corporate Chaplains of America. And I was just doing the customer service interaction and just, you know, being friendly as normal. And we started talking and he's like, man, you know, what are, what are you doing right now? It's like, I'm in school. I'm about to graduate next month. And, uh, I'm probably gonna work at the church plant in the DC area when I'm done. And he's like, Oh man, DC. Oh, we got to talk. I got, man, we have to talk. So that night him and I talked for an hour and there was an opening in the DC area to be a corporate chaplain. And, uh, I remember I came back and I called Clint and I was like, Hey, I know I'm supposed to go to 29 palms this summer, but I might have an opportunity to work with corporate chaplains. And he's like, Oh man, you know, if you can do that, great, do it. We'll figure it out. But let's slow down for a second because people hear hear the term
1: corporate chaplain. Yeah. And have zero idea. (laughs) That's what that even means. (laughs) So get a little sidebar here. Like what is a corporate chaplain?
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with military chaplains, hospital chaplains, So the term chaplain essentially means to come alongside of um, the originated from uh, like a Roman centurion taking this coat off and covering somebody who was in need. So that's essentially what chaplains do. They meet people in their time of need. Um, So corporate chaplains, we do that same premise in the workplace. So um, our mission statement is to build caring relationships with the hope of getting permission to share the life changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. So the, the way we do that is once a week, we go through different companies. Uh, we're there for however many hours they would have us. Yeah, Some guys are there for, you know, four to eight hours. I'd say my typical day is anywhere from one to three, one to four. Um, so I'll show up to whatever the location is, walk around, talk to the people. The goal is to turn the conversations of... Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this and giving counseling to share in the hope of the gospel. Cause that's yeah. the only thing that we believe can actually help with their situations. Mm. But we have to carefully navigate how we do that because it's a corporate workplace. That's why in our statement, everything's permission based. Yeah. So you really have to learn how to share the gospel with getting someone's permission. But yeah. usually if we're having the conversation about spiritual things, I can, you know, work it in. But as soon as they say, Hey, I don't want to talk about this pivot back to yeah. whatever you're talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and so you do this in a corporate setting and um, how does that, like, do, do those companies pay you? Do you, how does that work? I mean, because yeah.
2: this is a job, like this is, yeah, you are making is, a livelihood doing this. <laughs> yeah. So we are, if you're full time, you're usually a salary chaplain. Um, and each of our salaries is supported by the companies we serve. The CEOs of those companies agree with our company about a price and that's what they pay. I don't know if it's monthly yearly or how that works, but the employees themselves don't ever pay for our services. Yeah. And that's a cool thing to tell them like, Hey, I'm here if you want to use it, but right. you don't have to. Yeah. And I, from my experience the people that usually let us into their companies are either Christian owners or owners who have had a lot of their HR people dealing with their employees stuff. And yeah. we, we have a confidentiality purpose. Yeah. So if someone's talking to me, it's not going anywhere. And also the HR person can say, hey, there's someone who gets paid to help you work through this. Yeah. So that kind of gets us in the door.
1: Yeah. So 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 CEOs find the value in having a chaplain who just does relational support.
2: Yeah. And we're on call 24-7. So that's another thing that I really enjoy. Yeah. Everyone that we meet, we give them our card and that is on literally 24-7. There's an extension they can call if they're going through something. So we'll meet them. I mean, I haven't, by God's grace, I haven't experienced this yet. Three o'clock in the morning, you know, someone's in the hospital or in the jail and they want the chaplain to come visit. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons we're there. Um, We provide resources. So someone's like, hey, I want a financial class or I need financial help or I need to find a a professional counselor because some things, you know, we just aren't equipped to handle. We're also a resource for people for stuff like that. Or I've had some people going through homelessness. So finding shelters in the area and stuff like that.
1: So you're like, I mean, I've been observing you like building a network of like ministry resource contacts yeah. to be able to help people. I mean, that's amazing ministry training. I feel like I, I have, I've had to go and continue to have to do that, you know, in a pastoral role, but what a,
2: what a cool experience. Yeah. kobe has been super helpful with that. Obviously he's been in the area for a while. So I pick his brain often. Uh, I'm very grateful for his help. Um,
1: You know, it's not all roses, I'm sure. And, and, uh, what, what are some of the challenges of what you do?
2: Oh, man. Um, caring for people, it's not easy. And yeah. especially people who don't want anything to do with Christianity. Uh, yeah. I go there some weeks and it's like people don't want to talk at all. So <laughs> I'm yeah, just kind yeah. of walking around smiling <laughs> or I'll know someone's like, hey, Johnny just lost his mom. You know, can you go talk to them? Hey, Johnny, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, okay, you know, anything I can help you with? Now nah, I'm doing great. Yeah. So it's like everything's permission based. So all right, Johnny, you know, here's my card. If you need something, you know, feel free to reach out. Yeah. So I think that's hard. And then obviously, as you share the gospel in this area, the DC area, you get into a lot of apologetics. I've learned. Yeah. So figuring out how to give answers to what people are asking. um, One thing I've learned is sometimes people will hit you with like a snowball, which has nothing to do with the gospel, yeah. but it's to distract you or to make you stumble. But the main thing is how are you right with God? If well, if you believe there is a God, how are you made right with him? Yeah. So those are the two things I always try and get back to is yeah, I understand that. And yes, that may be confusing, but if you die today and he said, Why should you go to why should he let you into his heaven? What's your answer? Yeah. So I think that's one way that I've learned to just keep the main thing the main thing and focus yeah. on that. Wow. Um and then one thing we've talked about is as people come to know the Lord, I've personally wrestled with I Man, was that genuine? Does this person actually yeah, yeah. are they actually following the Lord? Were they just saying the prayer in that moment? Um, how do I help them grow from where they are now to actual spiritual maturity? And yeah. um, so I think that's also been something that i I'm learning and growing in, even still, um, and making sure I find good churches. Another yeah. one of those resources is I can't be with them on the weekends. I see them every week, yeah. but they need someone that's gonna pour into them and help them grow. So that's also been something I'm learning: is hey, this is a good church, but obviously some people are like I don't want to go to church. All yeah. right, well, we gotta get you <laughs> get <Yeah>. you there.
1: <laughs> right, right. Wow. I mean, so you're you're basically a workplace missionary. Yeah. And uh, learning the, the learning how to contextualize that ministry to people who probably aren't looking for it.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's cool because. We're going to people who are probably never into the doors of a church on their own. You know, they have no interest in that, but we get the opportunity to introduce them to the Lord and he wins their heart and understands, helps them understand, I need to be a part of a church Yeah. then we can get them involved in a local body that's caring for them. And they're so important to them consistently. So it's really interesting. I think that's one of the biggest differences between pastoral ministry and chaplain ministry is people may never want to hear the gospel preached. Where on Sunday, people are usually coming because they want to hear gospel preach. Right. Yeah.
1: It's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have, like, when I step up front, I know I have a generally eager crowd of people that came at least for some reason because they think that this is going to benefit them. Right. So their ears are tuned in. But you're walking around looking for for people who probably don't even want the conversation (laughs) initially, which is amazing. So
2: I remember the one of the things you've encouraged me with is just, we're called to plant the seeds. Some may fall on hard ground. Some may get choked out. Yeah. Some may flourish. You just never know. But our job as Christians and, you know, people involved in ministry, but I mean, you know, really everyone. We're just planting seeds, sharing the gospel yeah. whenever we can and leaving it up to God. Yeah. And I think once we understand that, we can have more peace and comfort that I can share the gospel and not expect to see this person come to the Lord today. If they do praise God, right. but my job is just to be present, to be a witness and to share the hope of the good news of Jesus. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Um, So I wanted to
1: have Brandon on because one, I want as many people in the church as possible to know what he's doing and, uh, and introduce that. Cause you should pray for him. He is a missionary out there from our church and uh, sharing the gospel with people week in week out. And so continue to pray that the Lord would, would use that ministry in his life. And when you have the opportunity, uh, invite Brandon and Lily and Athena over for dinner, hear more about his story and maybe something today just, uh, uh, helped you understand, um, a little bit more about who they are and, you know, you'll have a chance to connect with them. Uh, I want to end with the lightning round though, uh, yeah. because we got some fun questions we want to close out on, um, that we think, uh, Are just a fun way to, to help people get to know one another, but I forgot to pull it up on my phone. So just one second.
2: Yeah. One encouragement. I just want to leave you guys with this. Just don't be afraid to, to act when God's telling you to, I think a lot of times things come up and we're like, ah, I might ruin this relationship or I, I can't talk about God, but if he opens the doors for you, be obedient and try and walk through it as best you can. You never know how he's going to use that situation in someone's life. Yeah.
1: I love that. All right. Here are the questions. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, Despite what you've
2: gone through, you sure do smile a lot. Mm, Great. What would you pick for your last meal? Uh, Soul food. So I'd have fried chicken, cornbread, mac and cheese, and yam. Mm, Sounds good.
1: If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be?
2: Um, Man. I guess Hawaii. I've never been there. My wife loves it. So I guess I'd want to try it. I'm yeah. not really a beach person, but everyone I've heard that's been to Hawaii has loved it. So okay. why not?
1: Uh, You know, we need to plant a church there in Hawaii. My ears
2: <laughs> <so. laughs> just perked up. I got to be honest. Uh, biggest pet peeve? Oh, when people chew with their mouths open. <laughs> It drives that's me DRL. nuts that's so funny people hate that <laughs> uh favorite music artist uh andy minio favorite book man i really love uh what's the the book everyone's reading with by Darren dan orland
1: Dan orland uh yeah gentle and lowly
2: yes gentle yeah. and lowly i've loved that book so far
1: yeah uh dinner with one person who's alive
2: Uh, Steph Curry or Kevin Hart.
1: Ooh, nice.
2: Favorite day of the week and why? Uh, Sundays because we have church and football and then life group. I feel like that's a a good good combo. (laughs) Last song you sang out loud in the car. Uh, I don't know. Probably something by, who are we listening to? I love and happiness. I think. Yeah. uh from the 70s i was listening to a soul uh nice. playlist yesterday nice, nice. <laughs> that's a good one
1: um unfortunately mine's a country song that i won't even mention because my <laughs> kids keep making listen to country uh brandon it's been great to have you on the podcast and um you know i'm in to be able to introduce you to more people at pillar and uh, look forward to having you on again sometime
2: thank you colby
0: I hope you enjoyed Brandon's story of persevering through Christ in the face of some pretty significant difficulties he experienced in his life. You know, Brandon's story might be your story, and if it is, don't be afraid to share it with others here at Pillar. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting service, and spread the word on social media and in real life. Thanks again for listening to The Pillar Podcast.